The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning and welcome to Coastal. I'm Pastor Chris. Great to have you with us today. We are today uh, on the last week of the series that we've been on, uh, been in toward the end of the summer, uh, called Summer Reading. And uh, today's book is a great book on evangelism uh, called Share Jesus Without Fear. Uh, Do you remember the very last words that Jesus ever said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven? You know, a lot of times we talk about people's last words and how important their last words are. You know, if you had to say something to your loved ones and, you know, you only had just a, a moment or two to say something, think about that. What would your last words be to your family, to your spouse, to your kids, your friends? Well, the very last thing that Jesus said, obviously of great importance, it's actually in the book of Acts, he said this, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power And you will tell people about me everywhere. Now one translation says, you will be my witnesses. Now I kind of like to think that and surmise that when Jesus first told the disciples, you know, as he was leaving, before he was ascending back into heaven, that they would be his witnesses. That they're going to be the ones who are going to tell people about him everywhere. I kind of think that the angels up in heaven started scratching their head going, what? I mean, God, you, you mean that you are counting on this, this ragtag, inconsistent bunch of yahoos to, to be the ones to get the message out. I mean, Heavenly Father, seven weeks ago when, when your son Jesus was arrested, don't you remember what they all did? They ran. They took off. And, and, and that's who you're counting on. You know, God, what, what's, the, what's the backup plan? You know, what's plan B? I mean, what if they drop the ball? What if the people who come after them, what if they forget? I mean, what if way down in the 21st century, in Charleston, South Carolina, I mean, people just don't tell other people about you? What's plan B? I kind of like to think that God looked at his angels and said, There is no plan B. I'm counting on them. My followers, you and me, will be my witnesses. Now, listen, it is 21 centuries later, and guess what? God still has no plan B. He's still counting on you and me, imperfect people, to carry out his message and his mission. Years ago, uh, interesting story, there was a problem in London, England. And uh, the buses, believe it or not, were driving right past the passengers who were waiting at the bus stop to be picked up. I mean, it was weird. It was really, really bizarre. And uh, the people, I mean, they were at the designated location. They were there at the right time. And uh, the buses literally just kept sailing past them. And uh, it became kind of a little uproar in London, and and, uh, people became really upset. So the London Transit Authority put out a press release uh, intending to explain what was happening and explain their actions. And it's actually become uh, an infamous statement in public relation courses across the country. Here's what they said. It is impossible for us to maintain our schedules if we're always having to stop and pick up passengers. 
Did you hear that? It is impossible for us to maintain our schedules if we're always having to stop and pick up passengers. Now, obviously, you know, you laughed, and we, I mean, we would all go, whoa, wait a second. I thought that's what buses were supposed to do. You know, that's your job. Well, here's the reality. In so many ways, many churches and many people who call themselves followers of Jesus have become little isolated communities surrounded by people desperately needing to get home, wanting to take a next step, needing to go on a journey with God. And guess what? All the while, you and I, we, we have the knowledge and we have the means to take them safely home. And we don't. We're just busy taking care of ourselves. Coastal, we we must never, ever forget why we exist. You know, we're the only organization that exists for the purpose of reaching those not yet a part of our organization. Here at Coastal, we like to say we exist to share and experience the life of Jesus. That's what we're here for. We are literally being used by God to help bring people, you ready for this, from death to life. Because life is only found in Jesus. In fact, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the what? Life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And because we believe that, here's what we believe here at Coastal. We believe that we are on a mission, all of us. If you're a part of Coastal, you are a missionary. If you're a believer, you're a missionary. And our mission is to penetrate this culture. And it's it's to share Jesus with people who don't yet know him, to show people what what a follower of Jesus looks like. That's your mission, where you live, where you work, where you play. You are a missionary there. To show people what what a follower of Jesus looks like, to point people to Christ. And then, once somebody comes to life, once somebody crosses that line of faith, Man, we want everyone to experience the abundant, joy-filled, purpose-filled, adventurous life only found in Jesus. So, let me ask you a question. Are there people in this city who don't know Jesus? Or maybe a better question. Are there people in your life who don't know Christ yet? Now, if the answer is yes, and I bet it is, then our church should never stop growing, never stop reaching out, never stop loving and serving. So here is our simple strategy here at Coastal to accomplish that mission. Two simple words, uh, invest and invite. Write that down, invest and invite. That, That is it. It is simply to build a relationship, be a friend. And then invite them to Coastal. Because we believe that when you invite somebody here to Coastal, we're going to point them to Jesus. Now listen, again, when you become a part of the Coastal family, when you say, hey, this is my home church, you're not just you know, joining a church. This is not a club that you go to. You are joining a mission. We are helping to accomplish the mission of God on this earth, on this planet. And so you are called to be a missionary in this community. Again, we don't just go to church. We what, Coastal? We, we are the church. We are the church. Now, I'm not saying 
that, you know, you should develop friendships with people just so you could get them to come to church and kind of, you know, get another notch on your spiritual belt. Listen to me. People today are not projects. Okay, this is not about, you know, selling Jesus to people. Listen, you need to be, you and I need to be reaching out to people and loving people and serving people because all people matter to God. And all people are created in His image. All people. And so, if they matter to God, they ought to matter to us. This is about loving and serving and showing Jesus to the people all around the world. To the people you work with. To the people you live near. To the people you do life with and play with. All of that. This is about you know, pointing people to Jesus. And yes, hopefully at the end of the day, maybe, just maybe, hearts will be softened. And they'll come to a point where they personally accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Listen to me, you and I, we, we're not better than anybody in this world, okay? We're just simply forgiven sinners with a big heart for people. But we've got to be intentional about that. You know, we, we've got to be intentional about investing in the lives of people who don't yet know God. Being friends, building relationships. And, and, and guess what? Christians, for the most part, are horrible at that. Here's why. Because the longer you're a Christian, typically, the less non-Christian friends that you have. And it starts out kind of, you know, like, almost like a good thing, you think, because, you know, wow, I've got all these new friends, this new family, and you're growing in Christ, and you're loving your church family. But then what happens, typically for most believers, is that they end up separating themselves. And they no longer have friends with people who aren't yet believers. And yet Jesus modeled that so well. You know what Jesus was called, what they called him? A friend of sinners. I like that. A friend of sinners. Could that be said of you? So here's what I want to do today. I want to talk about how to do that. How to, I want to give you some practical ways to invest and invite. To build some relationships and invite people to a place where they're going to hear the good news. Okay? So first of all, if you're taking notes, let's talk about the invest side of the equation. Investment number one. Here's here's an easy way. Serve other people with kindness. Serve people with kindness. You know, we live in a world today that, that no doubt has an absolute kindness deficit. Have you noticed that? I mean, if anybody's kind to you, it like freaks you out. I mean, it's like a big deal. Oh my gosh, I got great customer service or somebody was nice or said a, a nice thing to me. I mean, we, we, we just all get into this mode where it's about us, it's about me, and it's about getting to where I've got to go and what's got to be done and then how quickly you can go about doing it and then getting out. Okay, that, that's everybody's mentality, right? And so the kindness factor just gets lost. It just goes out the window. And yet the Bible says this, Ephesians 4.32, Instead, instead, you as my followers, be what? Kind. Be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. This verse says that you and I can be kind and forgiving to other people because we've experienced that kindness and, and that, that forgiveness. There's such great, great power in, in kindness. I really believe that small things done with great love 
can change the world. I believe that. Small things done with great love can change the world. You know, the reality is, is I, I doubt, you know, as awesome as you all are, you know, I doubt anybody in here is probably going to do that really big, great thing that's going to make you recognized as, you know, time, man of the year, woman of the year. However, every single day, we can do the small thing, the kind thing. And then what happens is when those small things are repeated over time, they change the world. You know, look for ways to, to serve the people around you who are not yet believers. And yet, we are living in an atmosphere today, aren't we, where it's, we've become so polarized that we as believers have forgotten those people that you are yelling at and complaining about and judging, they are the objects of God's love. And they're the reason why, we're so, why we exist. Show kindness. Here's the second investment that you can make. Uh, number two, speak positively about your church. Speak positively. You know, I'm, um, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but it's kind of in vogue today uh, to gang up or bash uh, the local church. And, I, and, and honestly, I'm not really talking about people outside of the church. I'm talking about people who say that they're Christians. And they, they talk negatively about the church. You know, and, and here's what happens. Here, here, here's what that does. It drives a wedge between people who just might be open to God, but are, who are not yet Christians and not yet a part of a church. Listen to me. The church isn't perfect. In fact, no church is. Do you know why? Because you're here. Okay? Turn to your neighbor. Say, it's your fault. Okay? You know... But it's because of me, too. I mean, nobody. You or me. We're, we're here. It's made up of people, and none of us are perfect. And so I, be, I really believe that speaking negatively about the church, even if it's with other Christians, is a bad idea. In fact, Jesus doesn't even give you that option, okay? Because theologically speaking, the Bible says that we, the church, as imperfect as we are, in fact, we are basically the imperfect reflection of the perfect Jesus, Theologically speaking, the Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. And it's not just any bride. It says that we are a bride who is adorned for her wedding day. Man, that's a beautiful image of how God looks at the church. Imperfect as it may be, we're the bride of Christ. So we need to be careful about what we say to make sure that our words are an encouragement for people who might just attend, who might just be thinking about spiritual things instead of a whip and a wedge that drives people away. Look at Ephesians 4.29 in light of that. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words would be an encouragement to those who hear them. Let me ask you. Is what you say about the church an encouragement to people or a discouragement? Number three, another invitation. Warmly welcome the guest in my church. Warmly welcome the guest. You know, if you've been around here for a while, if you've been at Coastal for a while, you know we talk a lot uh, about uh, first and second time guests. Here's what we believe, okay? This is it. We believe that the church is a family expecting guests. You will never hear me say the, the, the 
v, uh, it's a V word. V, what's it, what is it? Vis, visitor. Okay, that's an evil word around me. I will punch you if you say that in front of me, okay? We don't, we don't have visitors here. That didn't seem very warm and welcoming, I know. But um, visitors means you just kind of come and go. Guests are, you know, we're, again, we're a family expecting guests. Let's say, in fact, that you're going to come to my house for dinner one night. Okay, you're coming to my home for dinner. Now, what would we do? What would the Rollins family do? Well, we would begin to prepare for you before you got there, right? I mean, Christopher and I would make sure Janet would pick up all her stuff, okay? Yeah, you know the opposite is true. Anyway, uh, but we'd probably clean up a little bit and, uh, you know, we'd plan out the menu for what we were going to eat. We might even, you know, if we knew you were coming, you know, and we're preparing for you. We'd even find out maybe some of your likes and dislikes. And, and uh, we, would, we would think through all of that because we would be expecting you. Okay? Man, that's a great image of what, of what the church should be like. About, about what happens every week here at Coastal. In fact, so let's create this, this warmth and this, this welcoming atmosphere because we together are what? We are a family expecting guests. And so we work hard at that. We do. We work hard at Coastal to create a consistent atmosphere uh, of hospitality for both the person uh, who calls Coastal their home as well as those who are checking us out for the first time. In fact, long before you got here today, there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time thinking through that process. And we want to make sure that this place uh, is welcoming and warm. And that, that's something we've got to work at. And we've got to talk about a lot and, and keep that up. You know, here's, here's what I've observed, though. If you've been coming here for a while, you know, if you call this your home, this is your, your church, after a while, sometimes you, you don't notice the little things anymore. You know, you just don't, you know, this is like your family, just like it's your house, you know. What, that, that pair of underwear has been laying there on the side of my bed? I didn't see that. You know, you just, you forget those things. You just don't notice the little things anymore. But... You bring a friend with you. You bring a friend to church. All of a sudden, you, you notice the little things. You notice the cafe. You notice if the bathrooms are clean. You notice. And, then, and, and long before you even get here, what? Man, you are hoping that we are on our game that day. You are hoping that Pastor Chris is going to be funny. You know, you're hoping for, you know, whatever. You, I mean, like, you're rooting for us. You're pulling for us. Why? Because you've got a friend coming with you. I mean, this is your guest, and you want everything to be just right. And so we notice things. We, we think about things when we bring a guest with us. Romans 15.7 says this, So, warmly welcome each other into the church, just as Christ has warmly welcomed you. Then what will happen? Then God will be glorified. So, man, that verse teaches that God is honored. God is glorified when we warmly welcome people. Now, how do we do that? Well, let, let me give you a really simple thought. You ready for this? Every Sunday, you go out of your way to smile and to say hello to somebody, somebody you don't know. Now, that sounds like a simple idea, doesn't it? And yet, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, large churches, you know, they can be so impersonal and unfriendly. Well, you know, that, that can be true. If, but, you know, if people don't think about it and work at it, that can be true. But you know what I've discovered? Sometimes the smallest churches can be the most unfriendly places. 
I think it has nothing to do with the size of a church. I think it has everything to do with you and with me and with our attitude and our intention. Smile. You know, in, in fact, if you've been coming here for any length of the time, you don't get to say anymore, well, nobody talked to me today. Who'd you talk to? Who did you welcome? Go out of your way. Be intentional. A hello and a smile goes a long, long way. Here's another investment worth making, a way that we can invest in the lives of people. Pray. Pray for my unchurched friends. We forget how much power there is in prayer. We underestimate the spiritual power that comes when we pray for people. You know, this past week I was uh, thinking about some of the people in my life, all the people, especially early in my life. I saw, uh, it was just a Facebook post of uh, a couple uh, who's ex- uh, having a, an anniversary, a wedding anniversary, and they were uh, some people that were very important in my life early on. And I, I thought about all the people in my life growing up that prayed for me. Uh, you know, when I was uh, young, my parents separated when I was in middle school. And then during that separation, before they got divorced, in my eighth grade year, uh, my dad died. And it was a very, very difficult, painful time in my life. And, and I look back on it and I go, I think, man, I could have easily gone a, a very, very different direction. And yet all along my path, it was as though God just kept putting some very faithful believers in my life who took it upon themselves, not just to love me and, and help me, but, but to pray for me. And, and, and I know in some ways, I'm sure I was just like a, you know, a, their little prayer project. And many of those people still to this day pray for me. And, and so I, you know, I think about that. I think, man, what if, what if those people had not prayed for me? You know, would my life have gone this way? I I bet if you think about it, there's some people in your life who have prayed for you as well. They prayed for you during a difficult season. They might have prayed for you when you were far, far from God, wandering away. Maybe they prayed specifically for you to come to know Christ. And so I've been convicted with this thought. Who am I praying for? Who are you praying for? I want to challenge you today. You know, develop a list of people that you are praying for. In fact, inside your bulletin, there's a lot of good things in there today. Uh, There's two little cards. Uh, One, uh, it actually says, invest and invite. That's our strategy, right? Listen to it. It says, uh, I like this, who's in your wallet, right? I will seek to invest in others who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and invite them to Coastal. Really simple. Colossians 4, 5, live wisely among those who are not yet Christians and make the most of every opportunity. And then on the back, it says this. The following is a list of three people that I am attempting to invest in and invite to Coastal Community Church. Now, this isn't for you to give away, for you to share with anybody. It's just a little reminder you might keep in your wallet. And then you write down the names of three people, sign your name, and it says this. I, I will pray daily for them. I will share my own verbal witness and I will invite them to Coastal. So who are you praying for? 1 Timothy 2.1 says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, and as you make your request, plead for God's mercy on them, and give thanks. Ask God to move in their life. Plead for God's mercy on their lives. And In fact, the other card in there is our little, uh, little invite card. And again, you could use this as well to invite somebody to Coastal. 
And I want to talk about that now. So that's the invest side, four little investments that we could make, make a difference in people's lives. Uh, Let's talk about some invitations that we can extend. Number one, invite my friend to a special event. Invite my friends to a special event. Um, This invitation is is a pretty easy one to make because here at Coastal, we have all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of special events. In fact, uh, we have at least, at least a half a dozen services a year that we call them, you know, like big days, a special event where we basically, you know, pull out all the stops and uh, we use them as a special event specifically for you uh, to invite your friends to, and friends that you're building relationships with, whether that's services like Christmas Eve, obviously, or, you know, Easter Sunday. But then, you know, Vacation Bible School, again, a special event where you can invite and bring uh, children or friends or family who have, who have tr- uh, children. Uh, a baptism service, baptisms at the beach or here, great opportunities to invite people, baby dedication, uh, service events like Operation Christmas Child, which I know all of you right now are buying, uh, scooping up all of the uh, school supplies, right? Because they're on sale for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, but then throughout the year, on top of those days and events, we have other big days where we kick off a series. And we say, hey, uh, on the kickoff of this series, man, this is a great opportunity. Now, we actually believe that every Sunday here at Coastal is like the Super Bowl. And we, we expect, again, guests every Sunday. But there are spe- specific days where we say, hey, man, we're, we're pulling out all the stops. Uh, make sure you bring your friends because this is going to be a great opportunity. Now, the next big uh, kickoff for a series, the next big day is actually in four weeks, September the 18th. And uh, we're, we're kind of kicking off, that's kind of the first big fall series that we're kicking off uh, this fall. And uh, the series is going to be called Unshakable, right? And we've been giving away this book called Unshakable for a while, uh, Standing Strong When Things Go Wrong, Standing Strong in the Storms of Life. Everybody that we know, you know, all of your friends and neighbors and coworkers, everybody experiences a storm. And so each week during that series, we're going to talk about some of the storms that people go through. And so we are saying, man, do whatever it takes and get a friend there. Many of our life groups, by the way, are very uh, intentionally designed for you to be able to invite a friend to come and just kind of check it out and get a taste of what, you know, following Jesus is all about. Maybe get a taste of, you know, our church. Sometimes people maybe are a little apprehensive of coming to a large group, but they'll come to a small group. Sometimes it's just the opposite. But a lot of our groups are great opportunities for you to do that. That's why you need to check all those out. But Psalm 34, 8 says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joy of those who trust in him. Sometimes I think that a special event, you know, is kind of like that. It's like, like a taste. You know, a taste of coastal. A taste of faith. A taste of Christianity, a taste of what it could be like to be a part of a family. And so God can use you to invite your friends to an event. Now here's another obvious invitation that you can extend, and I've already mentioned that. Invite your friends to church. Invite them to church. Um, studies show that even today, uh, one, at least one in three people who are not yet believers will say yes to an invitation to come to church with you for the very first time that they are invited. Now, and if you've been making those uh, investments, in other words, if you've been building a friendship, if you've been loving and serving and praying, those numbers even get higher. 
And man, you guys are great at this. I mean, so many of you are so, so great. And, and as a matter of fact, every single week, again, we have first-time guests who come to Coastal, and many of those come because a friend invited them. And there's no doubt, I really believe that's God's primary way of expanding his kingdom, friend-to-friend invitation. One life is changed by the power of God, and share, that person shares it with another friend and invites them to come. Come and see. Uh, now listen, that doesn't mean that God is down on uh, marketing or technology or Google or, uh, or big events to reach people, but one friend inviting another friend is the way that God has blessed through the very beginning, from the very beginning. You know, I wonder sometimes if we might underestimate what God might want to do through us. Think about that. Have you ever... Have you been guilty of underestimating how God might use you and your story and your life to reach somebody else for Christ? You know, what if on our next big day, September the 18th, when we kick off that series, Unshakable, what if God wants to double our church? Now, what would be the easiest way for him to use to for, for make that to happen? What would be the simplest way for that to happen? If everybody in here did what? Invited and brought, brought a friend. So, use that card. Use your, your sphere of influence. You say, well, Pastor Chris, I just, I don't have any friends that don't know Jesus. Okay, number one, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Okay, no. <laughs> It might be, it might be, here's what you need to do. It might be you need to pray that God would open your eyes and open your heart and start praying for people. You know, again, stop complaining about where you work and the people you work with because God's got you there as a missionary. He's got you there to show those other people what a follower of Jesus looks like, what, what God's love and kindness looks like to another human being. So pray. And I guarantee if you pray and you live your faith and you start loving other people, God will put some people in your path. Number three, invite my friends to faith in Christ. Obviously, this is the ultimate goal. This is what we're trying to do. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. He said, go, go into all the world. Uh, It's seeing people come to faith in Christ, seeing people go from from death to life. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. Say, well, Pastor Chris, you know, I just don't know enough, you know, to invite people to faith in Christ. I, I don't feel like I have the knowledge. Well, first of all, let me say this. That's why we believe that we're partnering in this together. You know, we're, we're just, you're just a, a, a link in the chain, you know, in the process of someone coming to know Christ. And, and we, we partner together because if you invite them to Coastal uh, week after week after week, uh, we're going to point people to, to Jesus. You're, you're, Pastor Chris, I'm going to share the gospel. But beyond that, here's what you can do. Share your story. Share your faith. You know, one of my favorite stories in the, in the New Testament is in John chapter 9, where Jesus heals this guy who had been blind his entire life, was born blind. And uh, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they're ticked off, they're angry, because Jesus is kind of at this point developing a following, and uh, he had healed on the Sabbath, which was against their, their rules. So they get a hold of this blind guy, and they just interrogate him. I mean, they just drill him all about Jesus. And finally, the guy basically throws up his hands and goes, listen, I don't have all the answers that you're looking for, but I do know this. I once was blind, but now I can see. 
You know, maybe you're just like that guy. Maybe you feel like, man, I don't have all the answers. You know, I, I can't answer all the, the deep theological questions. But what you can do is share what a difference Jesus has made in your life and how you came to know him. I once was an addict, but now I've been set free by the power of the gospel. My marriage was once broken, but now it's been restored. We surrendered our lives to Christ, and man, he did a miracle. And then you could just share the story of how you came to faith. And we've even got resources to help you with. The book that we recommended to read uh, this, for this uh, uh, in this series, Share Jesus Without Fear. That's a great resource. One book that we give away all the time uh, here at Coastal. It's out there on the kiosk. It's uh, called The Difference Maker, Using Your Everyday Life for Eternal Impact. And it talks about how you can invite people to church and how you can share your story and share your faith. And it, it talks you through that. I don't know if you remember this story or not, but uh, back in 2006, during the summer, a uh, 29-year-old man, Dave Bushow, uh, a former U.S. Uh, Air Force uh, airman died of dehydration. He was on day two of a 28-day survival expedition with the Boulder uh, Outdoor Survival School. And uh, it was designed to test the physical and mental toughness in the blazing heat of the Utah desert for, you know, uh, adventurists, you know, and, uh, well, um, Dave was one of 12 people who put down almost $4,000 for this experience. Uh, there were also four trained, four trained expert guides with them at all times. And uh, from all accounts, it sounded like it, just the typical, you know, you might have seen something like this on Discovery Channel, like the survival type experience that you read about or again see on TV. But it was obvious from the very beginning that this guy Dave was struggling a bit. Uh, besides leg cramps, vomiting, slurred speech, passing out even, uh, Dave started hallucinating. But the reason I can't get the story out of my mind is that Dave dropped dead of thirst. Get this, you ready? Less than 100 yards from a pool of water. The staff, the four expert guides, not understanding maybe or responding to the gravity of the situation, refused to take him to the water. They didn't want to deny him the experience of making it on his own. That's not the kicker of the story. That's not the worst part. You ready for this? The four guides, apparently, they were carrying... Emergency water. They chose not to give it to him. Now, if that is not a picture of the church today, I don't know what is. Hey, can't you see it? Listen to me. People are dying all around us every day. And they are desperately thirsting for something more, something that, something that will quench the, the hole in their soul. And they're trying to find anything and everything to fill it. And you and I know that what they're really missing, what they're needing is living water. And you ready for this? There are pools of water on every street corner, especially here in Charleston. There are churches 
everywhere. But not only that, you ready for this? Here's the kicker. There are guides, Christians, you and me, equipped with living water everywhere. But instead of praying and building relationships and loving and serving and inviting people to coastal or to church, we simply assume they'll make it on their own. And then you're ready for this. You know what we even do? We criticize them. We yell at them. We judge them for their current situation, their lack of water. And while figuratively the world around us is cramping and vomiting and hallucinating, and you know, we, we, we complain about it, and yet we've got the answer. Or worse yet, we just don't care. Now we say we care, but we never share the water. Or we never simply invite someone to come alongside with us. Instead, we argue and we complain and we yell and we scream and we judge the very people, listen to me, that we are called to love and to reach. The object of God's love and affection. Church, it's time we wake up. It's time we wake up and we see people and we see circumstances the way God does. Sometimes I think God is staring down at his church wondering why we don't lead people to living water. Why we won't share it with the people all around us. Coastal, let's pull out all the stops and let's do anything short of sin to reach people. It's our mission and it's clear. And the plan has never changed. It's you and it's me. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.